Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. This is every birder's favorite time of year, with new birds to see in every tree and shrub. And Ocean State Bird Club has an abundance of walks to see them. Join us on one of our free walks, become a member, and check us out on Facebook and on the web at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 733. We'll start off this morning by setting skepticism aside and celebrating the following. The Migratory Bird Conservation Commission, chaired by Secretary of the Interior David Bernhardt, has approved $78 million in funding for wetland conservation projects. About $29 million of that will go to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and partners to conserve or restore more than 205,000 acres of wetland and associated upland habitat for waterfowl and shorebirds and other birds in 22 states. And a little bipartisanship here. Virginia Republican Congressman Rob Whitman is quoted as saying, as a member of the Migratory Bird Conservation Commission, I'm proud of our work to ensure proper funding is going to preserve our wildlife and increase access to our public lands in Virginia and across the nation. And California Democratic Congressman Mike Thompson says this is great news for the conservation of our most beautiful habitats and the future generations who will be able to enjoy those open spaces. Nice. This is also nice, really nice. It's this week's mystery bird. It's a beautiful bird. And here in a preview of our mystery bird contest, which we'll conduct a little later in this morning's show want to get you ready for it. Uh, we chose this bird, by the way, at this time, uh, just to say in honor of the fact that one of its members uh, showed up earlier this week at the Mass Audubon Daniel Webster Sanctuary just down the road from our Talking Birds studio here in the South Shore of Massachusetts, town of Marshfield. Just got the word that it is still there this morning. It's a bird we don't often see around here, and it will serve as our mystery bird this morning in our contest coming along uh, just a little bit later on. Some clues, by the way. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized songbird with an extremely long forked tail, pearl gray underparts, a whitish head, and salmon pink coloring on the sides and under the tail. Our bird, which breeds primarily in the south-central states, feeds on insects, especially grasshoppers and crickets, mostly by flying out from its perch to nab them in mid-air. We have a beautiful Droll Yankees feeder as a prize, plus access to the LarkWire app that makes learning bird sounds a game and a bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. All coming along on this morning's Mystery Bird Contest. Meanwhile, we'd like to announce our final weekly winner in our Make Your Own Swag Contest. And the winner is Colin Gerber from Ontario, Canada. A round of applause uh, for for um, for um, for Colin. There it is. <laughs> Colin sent us a cool photo of himself and his spotting scope there with a talking bird's patch attached, right by the Humber River in Toronto. 
Congratulations, Colin. We'll be sending Colin a copy of the spectacular and fascinating book, The Wall of Birds, with beautiful artwork by Jane Kim from the incredible Wall of Birds at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Colin is also eligible, as is everyone who sent us a make-your-own swag photo for the grand prize drawing of a pair of Zeiss Terra ED 8x42 binoculars. We'll announce the grand prize winner on next week's show. Start spreading the news. We'd like to say thank you to some wonderful Talking Birds listeners who are spreading the news about our show and about birds and conservation by becoming Talking Birds ambassadors. And we'd like to say thank you today to Elizabeth Late from Walnut Creek, California. She says she's been listening to our podcasts for about a year and streaming past shows. She says she's local in her local Audubon chapter, Mount Diablo, as community science chairperson, organizing and compiling our two Christmas bird counts and encouraging members to participate in various other projects. She says, I think I discovered the show, the show through Birdwatching Magazine, and I'm a committed birds and beans coffee drinker, too. So it seems like being an ambassador is the next right thing to do. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And thank you to Sarah from Hyde Park, Massachusetts, southernmost neighborhood of the great city of Boston. And we're thrilled to hear her say that, quote, I like birds so much that I listen to your show almost every day. Wow. Uh, on Sonos. That's more than we listen to it. Not by much, though. And thank you to Russ Cretion from Keene, New Hampshire. He says, I was bitten by the birding bug about a year ago when a pair of cardinals started a family in a bush adjacent to my front window. We bought a bird feeder for the family, and I began noticing the variety of species that frequented it. I soon discovered eBird and your show, and the rest is history. I've even got my office hooked on fantasy birding. Keep up the great work. Look forward to your show each week. We haven't tried fantasy birding. We're going to check that out. It's a new thing, I believe, from the American Birding Association. Well, Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join Russ and Sarah and Elizabeth in our Talking Birds family. Easy to do, and we'll send you some cards for you to hand out to your friends whenever you get a chance to do it. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's the contact button. TalkingBirds.com. Choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll happily welcome back ornithologist Bruce Beeler, who'll tell us tales of his travels in pursuit of Hudsonian godwits and about his new book, Nature, or, pardon me, Natural Encounters, Hiking, Biking, and Birding Through the Seasons. Plus, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment, in which Mike will tell us about those in-between birds at this time of year. And up next, a bird associated with religion and spying is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. The hearings which begin today or in furtherance of the powers and duties of the Committee on Un-American Activities, pursuant to Public Law 601... Well, how many birds can claim to have a connection with both the Roman Catholic Church and the House Un-American Activities Committee? The former connection explains where the bird got its name, and the latter concerns an incident back in 1940 
when Whitaker Chambers testified before that committee, claiming that he and a Mr. Alger Hiss had engaged in espionage against the United States. During that testimony, Chambers said that Hiss enjoyed birdwatching and had once bragged about seeing today's featured feathered friend near the Potomac River in Washington, D.C. Hiss later confirmed the account, causing many committee members to become convinced that the two men knew each other, as Chambers had claimed. Chambers escaped punishment as a cooperative witness, but Hiss, the birder, went to jail. So what is this bird with the Catholic Church and Un-American Activities Committee connection? Well, the answer is revealed through knowing that the bird was named after golden robe-wearing church officials known as the Protonotari. The bird is Protonotaria citria, the prothonotary warbler. Another distinction for the prothonotary warbler is that it's one of just two warblers that nest in tree cavities, often those abandoned by downy woodpeckers. It shares that distinction with the Lucy's warbler. Prothonotary warblers prefer wooded, swampy areas. Look for a bird that's mostly yellow, with a greenish back and gray wings, and a thin black bill, gray in the female. And listen for this tweet-tweet song. A bird rich in color and in history. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, Protonotaria citria. The Prothonotary Warbler. Welcome again to our show, number 733. As always, we invite you to visit our website and hope you will, talkinbirds.com, no G in talking. And uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We're about to talk to a man who knows a little bit something about the Potomac River and environs. Dr. Bruce Beeler is a research associate in the Division of Birds at the National Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C. He served as a scientist and conservationist for the Smithsonian Institution, Conservation International, and the U.S. State Department. He's written numerous books, and his latest is entitled Natural Encounters, Biking, Hiking, and Birding, through the seasons and he joins us on the phone right now good morning bruce good morning ray great to be here great to have you back with us uh bruce well on one of your previous books north on the wing following the songbird migration of spring uh you provided us some on-air updates from the road on that journey before the book came along that was a fun thing and so before we talk about your newest book bruce uh, tell us about your most recent journey following Hudsonian Godwits and your amazing blogs along the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Um, so you mentioned North on the Wing. Uh, uh, in 2015, in the spring of 2015, I followed the songbirds north as they migrated up into central Ontario. I started down in southeastern Texas mm-hmm. and made my way up the Mississippi, and that was just so much darn fun, let me mm. tell you, <laughs> that I wanted an excuse to do another trip just like that but not the same trip, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I chose a bird, the Hudsonian godwit, which uh, arrives at, down in, uh, on the Mexican-Texas uh, border down around Brownsville, and then goes up the central Great Plains. So instead of going up the Mississippi, it migrates about 100, 150 miles west of that and goes straight up, and then divides, it gets into Canada, and then it, dro- it either goes, uh, it goes east to uh, Hudson Bay, or it goes due north up into uh, uh, 
Northwest Territories in Canada, or it goes a little bit west into uh, uh, Alaska near uh, Anchorage. And I followed that bird uh, up through the Great Plains, up into, I got as far, well, I got as far as Churchill, Manitoba, which is one of the breeding areas, and uh, was able to basically, you know, spend time with that wonderful, very rare bird all along the way, and also, of course, see uh, wonderful parts of the United States and Canada that, that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. How do we find your blogs there, Bruce, for those who haven't seen them? Uh, well, you know that my blog is on Blogspot. It's listed on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Bruce M. Beeler in Facebook and search around, you'll eventually find <laughs> find my blog listed okay. there. It also has my website listed there, too. So that's, right. that's a good place to go. And that's B-E-E-H-L-E-R. Thanks for that. So your newest book uh, just released, uh, uh, Bruce, as we said, Natural Encounters, Biking, Hiking, and Birding Through the Seasons. Twelve chapters, each focusing on a month of nature observations around Washington, D.C., as well as some pretty wide-ranging side trips, including up here to New England. Thank you for including us in that. (laughs) Uh, We described your credentials, Bruce, when introducing you as a scientist and conservationist. But I, I think you reveal in this book that you might best describe yourself as a naturalist, true? Absolutely, especially today because I'm retired. <laughs> and when I retired, that was in, uh, in 2012, I said, uh, science is great, but it's for the younger folk. <laughs> I'm going to have fun now, I'll really focus on nature, which of course I, most of us started with nature and might have gone into science. Uh, science is a lot harder than nature. And so I really wanted to focus on something that gave me a lot of satisfaction and wasn't as painful uh, as the science part. Uh, So uh, I've really focused on talking to the general public and telling stories about the glories of nature in North America. And and let me tell you, it's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I'm recalling that Edwin Way Teal was an inspiration for your North on the Wing journey, and you mentioned him uh, numerous times in your new book, but... This time you were inspired also by someone who, like you, worked for the State Department, and you describe as a closet naturalist. Tell us about that inspiration. Well, Louis, Louis Halley, I think his name, name is pronounced Halley. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> a State Department employee, I think an expert on Europe, and but also a great, he was, he was a great lover of birds, among other things. And he wrote a wonderful book, I think it was published in 1947, it's called Spring in Washington, and it's, of course, much more than that, but uh, it's a wonderful title. Inspired a lot of people from my parents' generation. I don't think it's a very well-known book anymore, just like the Teal book published in 1951, mm-hmm. uh, North, North with the Spring. These are two wonderful uh, nature books that inspired a lot of us, even second-generation people, and, um, you know, I really want to give a shout-out to those people, like Rachel Carson, a little bit better known, and, of course, Roger Tory Peterson, also another, another wonderful nature writer who is thought of more as a field guide writer, but he did some wonderful nature books himself. So those people back in the 50s and, and early 60s really put, up, put out some wonderful books that are still great reads. You did some pretty serious hiking as part of your adventures, uh, Bruce, including a pretty challenging experience on a section of the Appalachian Trail. But so much of your observation is done by bicycle. Is that an underappreciated form of transportation for nature viewing, do you think? Especially for birding. Yeah. So the great thing, you know, it's great to be out for a bird walk. 
But what I've discovered is there's so many back roads that are little traveled or, you know, big, wide, old uh, uh, railroad paths, things like that, bike trails, rail trails. You can you can travel instead of, you know, one or two miles, you can traverse 10 or 15 miles in the morning and, you know, really rack up the birds, especially if you know their songs. So it's a combination of, you know, moving, stopping, listening. It really is fabulous, and I've fallen in love with that, and I take a bike wherever I go now. You talk a lot in the book, Bruce, about the real joy to be found in natural encounters and the peace and calm they can provide in the moment, as well as in the remembering of those moments. What would you say, uh, what would you like readers most, Bruce, to take away from the book? Well, you know, it's sort of a a tripart thing. One is daily you know, touching base with nature on a daily basis. I think we really need to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, taking advantage of every weekend, if we can, just maybe just an hour, just get out someplace special, one of those green places not far away. And then also thinking on an annual basis, when you're taking a a holiday, go to one of those special green spaces you haven't seen before. It might be, you know, Baxter Park up in Maine. It might be Monomoy Island or some part of Cape Cod out your way, Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it might be the Adirondacks in upstate New York. Just, you know, spend a few days up in one of those places and you're just going to have a wonderful experience. So for me, when you add nature to a holiday or even if it's just a day off, it really just makes a big difference. That's I think that's my take-home mm-hmm. point. And quickly, Bruce, you have another book of special interest to folks uh, down your way or who might head your way, D.C., the Mid-Atlantic States, Birds of Maryland, Delaware, the District of Columbia. Yeah, that was a labor of love. Um, it really featured, it's, it was created because of a wonderful nature photographer named Middleton Evans, uh, who's, who's based in, in Maryland, lives north of Baltimore, and he's been taking bird photographs uh, actually across the country for the last 25 years, mm-hmm. and... But he had a special love for Maryland, of course, because he grew up there. And so he he hooked up with Johns Hopkins University and said, let's do a book on this area. And uh, they found me. They put us together. And uh, over a five-year period, we were able to, able to patch together some text and some more than 500 gorgeous photographs. Mm-hmm. And my wife, Carol, designed the book, which is great fun for me. Mm-hmm. And now we have a beautiful coffee table-sized book that basically gives you all the information you need to know uh, to find uh, a goodly number of birds in Maryland, Delaware, and the District of Columbia, which is actually a good birding area. Mm-hmm. I know New England's fabulous birding area, but, uh, you know, we've got Chesapeake Bay and the Delaware Bay and the Atlantic Ocean, which give us some good birds as well. Indeed. Dr. Bruce Beeler is a research associate the uh Vision of Birds at National Museum of Natural History, Washington, D.C. His latest book is entitled Natural Encounters, Biking, Hiking, and Birding Through the Seasons. It's great. And Bruce, uh, for folks who would like to get the book and to follow you, uh, it's not easy to follow you, but to try to keep up with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, probably the Facebook page, Bruce M. Beeler. That's all one word mm-hmm. mushed together. Yeah. B-E-E-H-L-E-R. And... Uh, and uh, it'd be great if they did that yeah all right bruce thanks for being on with us again and enjoy the rest of this beautiful season thanks so much ray great to talk to you mystery bird contest here coming up in just one minute hello i'm ed begley jr and wherever you call home the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life that's why you shudder each time you see woods marshes meadows or grasslands being destroyed 
you know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution. Working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. By the way, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, we're live Sunday morning, 9.30 to 10 Eastern, and therefore unable to enter our mystery bird contest. Well, you are able to do it. Just uh, connect with us online. Go to TalkingBirds.com to see how to do it. It's very easy, TalkingBirds.com. And this is the sound of our mystery bird. After the show, we're going to go down and see this bird, we hope, because it's been there for more than a week right down the street from us here. It's a medium-sized songbird with an extremely long forked tail, pearl gray underparts, a whitish head, and salmon pink coloring on the sides and under the tail. Our bird, which breeds primarily in south-central states, feeds on insects, especially grasshoppers and crickets, mostly by flying out from its perch to nab those creatures in midair. That's a description and the sound of our mystery bird. Prizes include the Droll Yankees' original, iconic A6F classic tube feeder with a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Plus, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. And another bonus prize, a big bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Those are the prizes in our Mystery Bird Contest. Remember, even if you don't get the right answer, you could still be the winner if nobody does get the correct answer. So give it a try. Or tell us definitively what that Mystery Bird is. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Again, that's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor and find out about those in-between birds. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Amir and I live in Maryland. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because it allows me to share what I know about birds and I can help other people. You should become a Talking Birds ambassador because it lets you to share with your friends, family, and neighbors about what you know so they can join the team and spread the word about the show. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. And thanks again to Amir from Maryland, one of our youngest Talking Birds ambassadors. We're pretty Maryland and kind of mid-Atlantic and D.C. focused today, but we still want to go down to Cape Cod. As we heard that that's a good place, Bruce Beeler told us that, and Mike O'Connor will probably confirm if he's on the line there. Good morning, Mike. Oh, good morning, Ray. Happy first weekend of summer. 
Wow, that's right. Yeah, just a couple of days into it here. Yeah, man. So this, yeah. And, it's always summer on Cape Cod, though. So well, I know sunshine and twenty four hours a day and all that. <laughs> we 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 know about that. And uh, Mike, last week we talked about those uh, baby birds. Now they progressed a little bit, and they're in this kind of how do you describe it? A kind of a weird mode. Uh, how do yeah, you we're in the that? teenage years now. Teenage, yeah. Teenage years, and I, 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 a customer came in who actually was insisted one of your past uh, mystery bird contest was in her yard and she insisted that a golden fronted woodpecker was there and it's like mm. you noticed that uh, this bird lives in Texas as you said on your show and so I tried to talk her out of it mm. and hey quite a quite a challenge <laughs> <laughs> and this so um, I said well as you mentioned on your show this bird is similar to the red bellied woodpecker we mm. see here but red bellied woodpecker I think we know first of all um you know, they have that infamous red belly that we don't see. Don't see no. um, sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't, depends on the bird. But they, they do have a, a, a red cap running across their head, and this lady didn't see the red cap. Mm-hmm. So she just jumped to the conclusion that it was a golden front woodpecker all the way from Texas just to visit her yard. So, <laughs> when, so we went back and forth, and I said, what you have is a young red-bellied woodpecker. There's a few weeks in the year after they're fledged, when they're flying around, that that red cap hasn't developed yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she has going on there. And she picked up the field guide. In this case, it was the Stokes field guide. And she said, well, why don't they show that picture? And I'm trying to defend the book, saying, well, it's only a few <laughs> weeks of the year, so perhaps they just didn't include that picture. After she left, still not sure if she believed me or not, I, I took the book that she had had showed me, and, and and indeed, in the in the text it said, well, the fledged birds, the juveniles, for the first few weeks have no red on their head whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, so when you see these odd birds around, which they are kind of odd, look in your field guide. Some of the more uh, inclusive field guides will show photos, but most of them will have in the text. So, as they say, read the fine print. And in the Stokes, clearly it said during the first few weeks, these birds have no red whatsoever. So right now we're in transition of odd birds. So when you get your field guide, read the fine print. Read read it, yeah. I know the retailers always say the customer's always right, but you have to make some exceptions there, I guess. I make exceptions every day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike, thank you. We'll uh, talk to you next week. All right. Sounds great, man. All All right. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Meanwhile, we're back here uh, at the Mystery Bird Contest. And the number to call is 781-837-4900. We have a beautiful Droll Yankees feeder, access to the Larkwire app, and birds and beans a bird-friendly, shade-grown coffee. 781-837-4900 is the number, and I think we have Cheyenne in Auburn, Massachusetts. Good morning, Cheyenne. Hi, how are you? Um, well, thank you. How are you? I just have to ask you about that name, where you got that name, Cheyenne. That's pretty cool. That's a cowboy. Cowgirl. Is that, is <laughs> My that a, mom liked it. Yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that's Native a, American, I think. All right, that's a good enough uh, reason. There used to be a cowboy show, but uh, that was a long time ago. Cheyenne, yeah. Anyway, we're here at the Mystery Bird Contest, uh, Cheyenne. What uh, what would you say our bird is? Is it a scissor-tailed flycatcher? Let me check. Yes, it is a scissor-tailed flycatcher. Woohoo! Nice job, yes. 
I'm pretty distinctive with that description there. I guess it might have sounded like a fork tail flycatcher also a little bit, but uh, yeah, scissor tail flycatcher. And I know you're all out in Auburn, Mass., which is pretty far west of us here. But mm-hmm. uh, if you want to see one today, it's, it's still there right here in the town of Marshfield in the South, Very sh- cool. on the south Shore. <laughs> all right. Cheyenne, stay on the line. We will get your uh, info and uh, send you all that stuff. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Cheyenne, <laughs> out there in Auburn, Massachusetts, kind of the western part of the state uh, here in our kind of horizontally shaped state of Massachusetts. Scissor tail flycatchers, happy to say, generally stable in populations, but declining in Oklahoma, which is especially unfortunate since the scissor tail flycatcher happens to be the state bird of Oklahoma. But they're doing well otherwise, and so are we, and that's going to wrap up our show for today. That went by rather quickly, as usual. Thank you so much for uh, being with us, and thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Or Lean's Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. This is every birder's favorite time of year, with new birds to see in every tree and shrub. And Ocean State Bird Club has an abundance of walks to see them. Join us on one of our free walks, become a member, and check us out on Facebook and on the web at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Birdies, 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 bir